For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 176 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Wynn. And guys, we're coming at you the day after Thanksgiving. Black Friday, as it may be known to some of you. And guys, I am hurting. Oh my God. I put a hurting on some Thanksgiving food yesterday, and I am feeling the repercussions today. I'm sorry that you're feeling it. Oh my god, dude. I haven't eaten that quantity of food that is not allowed on the diet I've been on in a while. And it hurt you? Oh my god, dude. Oh. Oh, I've been struggling. I took a nap today. What all did you eat? Give me the Okay. Give me the sampling. So, Amanda, I know Amanda was was pretty nervous about this year because this was the first year like, we've had Thanksgiving at uh, Amanda and Goose's house in the past, but this is the first year that her and my mom were basically in charge of everything. You know, right. Nunny had that lung surgery last Friday, a week ago from today. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, and she's out of the hospital, and physically, she's doing great. Mentally, you know, she's been having issues with that for a little while now, and the anesthesia definitely did not seem to help the matter. Right. But, so this was the first year that Amanda and my mom were pretty much in charge of making everything. And uh, Amanda was nervous. Uh, she had no reason to be. Everything was excellent. It was probably, not going to lie, the best Thanksgiving dinner at my family in a few years. Like, it was top-notch. Turkey oh, wow. fried to perfection by one Mr. Goose Pain. Really good fried turkey. Of course. Um I had some potato salad. Excellent. Goose Pains potato salad. Mmm, delicioso. A couple of uh, deviled eggs. Uh, some stuffing. Ooh. Sounds great. Uh, some, uh, the best, the absolute best sweet potato casserole I've ever had in my life. Like, I saved it till the end on my plate. I'm one of those dudes, I, everybody in my family makes fun of me. I don't like my food touching on my plate. 
You know what okay. I'm saying? I'm not one of those dudes that loads up the Thanksgiving plate and then just causes chaos, mixing everything together, and just oh, shovels them. No. Nah, man. I like. Oh, no. I mean, I follow the everything in its place. I don't pile things on anything. Like there is none of that. Right. I had some green beans. I had some uh, broccoli casserole, and uh, a couple of dinner rolls. Uh, Hot diggity dog, dude. It was excellent. I mean, it was phenomenal. But I'm feeling it today. Yeah. And then Jesse. I mean, I, I feasted myself. I, I did. Jesse and I brought uh, dessert from the bakery she works at. Also excellent. Yeah. But damn. By the time we got home last night, you want to talk about indigestion, my dude. Whew. It was rough. I have like a food hangover today. Yeah. I got a solid eight hours of sleep last night. Woke up and worked for a little while today and was like, you know what? I'm going to take a nap. So I took a nap. That's how hard this shit hit me. How was your Thanksgiving? What did you have, my friend? Oh, I had some turkey mm. and some pork loin mm. and some chicken and dressing. Uh, some mashed potatoes, some congeal salad, some cranberry sauce, and that's about it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Kept nice, it simple. Nice. Usually there's macaroni and cheese. Oh, there was green bean casserole. I ate, I ate a good helping of green bean casserole. That was good green bean casserole. I like green bean casserole, but for some reason my family never does green bean casserole. They do broccoli really? casserole instead. Interesting. And that's the one thing that Jesse's always like, why doesn't your family do green bean casserole? I don't know. It's just never no. been a thing. And I do like it. Those crunchy onions on top? Are you kidding me? See, and uh, I feel like I'm at such a loss. I never have to cook a big Thanksgiving for anyone. Uh, Are you talking about the guy that was... How has that not happened yet? Right? It's a crime. It's a crime of the century that I... I mean, I would love to cook a big Thanksgiving for everyone. I've had all... I'd have all the dishes covered. All of them covered. Top to bottom. I can't believe... Like, I can't believe what you're telling me, Will. Yeah, dude. It's I've made a turkey, fun. you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, but I've never I remember you sending me pictures kit. of some turkeys. Yeah, dude. All right. So, guys, you're going to have to bear with me this week because our business is extra big this week. We got a lot to share with you guys. I know it's going to be like a lot of plugs and information, but just bear with us. It's for a good cause. The 2018 Blue Harvest Holiday Special is now available. Okay, it is four dollars for over four hours of amazing holiday special goodness. And this year we got an incredible lineup of guests to help us ring in the holidays and help out the Castle Toy Run. Because that's right, it's available for purchase for only four dollars. You can give more if you want to, but for minimum four dollars. You get the entire Blue Harvest Holiday Special and all the proceeds go to help out the Kessel Toy Run, which gives Star Wars toys to kids in need this holiday season. Now, uh, if you want the holiday special, you're going to go to blueharvestpodcast.bandcamp.com. And it's for sale there. And I'm going to take a quick moment to thank everybody who has already bought the podcast, who's already donated to the cause. With your help, we're already up to a third of what we made last year, and it's not even been a full week that it's been on sale. 
So with just a little more work, we can at least catch up with what we raised last year, if not do even better. So thanks, guys. That means a whole lot. And we also have uh, a list of guests for you guys. Like I said, we incorporated uh, a lot of new faces this year, brought back a couple of, um, you know, returnee guests from last year. And I think it's a good time. So I want to take a quick uh, second to thank, of course, my buddy Will here, who joined in on the festivities. Uh, Indeed. Brandon Manriquez, Eric Struthers, Emily Lind, Brittany Brown, Jesse McGarity, Rebecca O'Hanlon, Evan DeCellis, Araj, Dola Shahi, Carlos Abu Arguello, Mr. Les Gonzalez, Robbo, and our buddy Johnny Grasso. Um, I think it's really fun, and I've been getting some really good feedback on it, guys. So check it out, blueharvestpodcast.bandcamp.com. The 2018 and the 2017 special are both for sale in case you missed last year's now they're up for a limited time we have to have a cutoff date so we can uh get the funds to the castle toy run so they can use those to buy toys so it's only going to be available for like maybe another two and a half weeks three weeks or something like that so get on it while you can um it's a i think it's a good time i'm happy with how it turned out and it was a huge release to get the monster editing job that that was done and get it posted so Now, speaking of podcasts and the Castle Toy Run, I want to tell you guys about three of our brethren in podcasts who are doing very special raffles for the Castle Toy Run. So first off, I want you to go check out the dudes at Will Communications. That's W-H-I-L-L. That's Rashad and Justin. They're doing a special raffle for a really kick-ass art print. Um, Check out their podcast for all of the... Uh, details on how you enter the raffle and everything, but you could score a really cool piece of artwork through those guys. Um, secondly, you're going to want to check out our buddy Josiah over at the Four Sports Podcast, where they're giving away a damn lightsaber. So, once again, it's involved with the Castle Toy Run. Check them out, Four Sports Podcast, for the details on how you can enter to win a really cool, like, custom lightsaber. And last but not least, our good friends over at the Bucketheads podcast, Eddie, Aaron, and Bonnie are doing a really cool uh, artwork giveaway as well. But it's for like a, I don't know, 8 by 8 Rogue One vinyl banner. I've never seen one before. I don't know if this is like something that was in stores um, when it came out on Blu-ray or if it was a theater thing. But it's really cool. You can win that. Check them out, the Buckets Head Podcast, for all the details. So there's three podcasts doing really cool giveaways for the Kessel Toy Run. So if you want to enter one of those giveaways, all you got to do, hop on over and check out their podcast for the details. So try it out. All right. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon page where for as little as $3 a month, you can get a bonus episode of Blue Harvest-related content every Monday. Blue Harvest Podcast 
or patreon.com slash blue harvest podcast. We're so proud to be part of the making star Wars podcast network where we, uh, put a doo-doo stain on a perfectly white piece of toilet paper and the perfectly white to- piece of toilet paper or podcast. Like now this is podcasting rebel girl, steel wars podcast, two one eight seven, the Sith list, rogue one Tarkin's top shelf, first order transmissions and the cargo hold. Hot diggity dog. That was some business like business. I tried to micro machines that shit towards the end. Cause like I said, I like I don't want everybody to have to like the important stuff this week, holiday special podcast, castle toy run raffles that our buddies are doing. So like I wanted to give that the most attention and just fly through the rest. You guys hear it every week. You know, I know they always say, you know where to find us. Yeah. Man. You know where to order our stuff. Yeah, I, I, I know they always say, you know, every episode could be someone's first episode, but uh, who knows? Who the fuck knows? Hopefully you listen to the next episode and we'll give you the other business. Or the last episode. Who or knows? the last like, episode. It happens almost every episode. There's been a few where I forgot to do it. You know how much I like the business. There's business all over the place. Well, that that business went pretty traditional. And you just started out me with the big business. <laughs> started out nice and slow and smooth, and towards the end, fucking You're jackrabbit. Like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> so you want to talk some Star Wars? I would like to. So I think on the deck for today in Star Wars discussion, we're going to talk about uh, the latest... <laughs> Latest coughing fit. The latest to, to you, <coughs> courtesy of false Berkart. Oh, I like that stank you put on it. You made me fa- sound real fancy. That's what you say when you say it fancy. Berkart. Berkart. That's um, like if I want to sound like I'm from somewhere fancy. I'm not from Tupelo. I'm from Tupelo. Tupelo. It's like when people try to fancy up Target. I'm going to Target. Target. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go pick up a roast beef sandwich from Arbe's. Arbe's. Horsey sauce. <laughs> Get a little horsey sauce Sometimes on my beef and cheddar. Sometimes you just got to put some on it to just switch it up. Yeah. You know? you know, keep things lively. Keep alive. All right. Um, so we're going to talk about the latest two episodes of Star Wars Resistance. That's Signal from Sector 6 and Those Sinaris. Those were good episodes. They really were. They so, were really good episodes. Sinara's score. We're going to talk about some information and videos that were released about Galaxy's Edge this week yeah. and uh we're also going to talk about a little bit of a episode nine quote from mr oscar isaac <clears throat> so uh why don't we talk about those galaxy's edge videos first yeah let's do that um so I, the first one starts out and like you're just kind of panning around looking around a resistance not a resistance a first order deck of a cruiser you assume right and there's like stormtroopers walking around two by two and there's a little mouse droid and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this whole resistance fleet comes out of hyperspace like right in your grill and just starts assaulting your shit and everybody flips out and then it ends and it says rise of the resistance yeah so you know it's been known for a little while that there's going to be two sort of ride attractions at Galaxy's Edge. One, um, you know, we obviously knew. I think the, you know, one of the first things that ever came out about Galaxy's Edge was that there was going to be one where you get to pilot the Millennium Falcon. And then there was going to be another one that for a while was sort of unknown, sort of nebulous. And I believe Making Star Wars reported on it as being, you know, sort of this battle between the Resistance and 
the First Order. So uh, now we have a name for it, Rise of the Resistance, and a little bit of a teaser. And from what I understand, both of the ride videos, the one for the Millennium Falcon and Rise of the Resistance, were shot in the actual attractions. So oh, wow. if that's the case, that's pretty badass. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <clears throat> um, the Han Solo, I mean, not the Han Solo, the Millennium Falcon one. Uh-huh. Damn, if that shit doesn't look tight sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, hitting that, hitting those levers yourself. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I can only imagine. And sitting at that booth. Yeah. I, I, I am very excited for Galaxy's Edge. The This definitely increased my excitement, but I was already excited, you know, since this shit's been announced. It's just crazy that, you know, we're probably like less than a year from the first one opening in Disneyland. I think the one in... Florida is opening a little bit later. Um, but, you know, just from the time it was announced to now it's almost out, like it's crazy. Because I remember, you know, when they first announced that it was going to be a thing, being like, well, that's that's a while away. It's going to be a while before that's done. And now yeah. we're just a matter of a few months from it being done. It's crazy. <clears throat> um, Yeah, I, I don't feel like either one of them give you much information about what's going to be going on in the rides themselves, but they definitely set a tone and give you sort of like a feel. Um, like if you notice the, the millennium Falcon one definitely makes it seem more of an interactive experience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where, um, the rise of the resistance one makes it seem more like a, um, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe like almost like a star tours type, you know, 4d show or whatever you want to call it right yeah maybe yeah <clears throat> at least that's the vibe i got maybe it's just as, as interactive as the millennium falcon one but i don't think so um but damn i you know like, i know that shit is, is supposed to open next summer but I, I ain't gonna be going next summer that's just gonna be too crowded i wonder how long it's gonna take before it's not unbearably crowded like maybe a year after it opens, it'll be manageable. I don't know. I don't know how how long the new attractions at Disney stay crazy, busy, and popular, you know? I have no idea. I, there's got to be a down season within the first year, I would imagine, somewhere in there. Yeah, I, I would too. Like, I think that'd probably just be something I'd have to talk to like Jason and them, people that are more experienced going to disneyland on a regular basis and find I mean, out like you, would, you might even be able to call disney and then kind of help you with that yeah but then i gotta call fucking the mouse you know what i'm saying talk to him. oh ho, ho. The, you know they like to take care of you yeah i you guess know? so i guess so. they like to be the happiest place on earth where we take care of all your needs you just let us know. Yeah, I got to figure it out. I got to figure it out because I got to check out Galaxy's Edge. And I know, like, when I see people out there posting pictures and videos on that first couple of days, of it, I am going to have some serious jealousy going on. Being like your costume comes up kind of Han Solo looking with a vest and pants and boots and you get on that Millennium Falcon ride, you'll be jealous as hell. Oh man, I didn't even that think about John... cosplayers going. Cosplayers going in costume. 
and cut plus because you know it's going to be like fully immersive like harry potter world style where everybody like all the employees are dressed um in character and performing in character and stuff oh shit right that's gonna be crazy um you're about to bring up the john williams thing that's cool too that's probably my favorite video that you sent me because it was the longest and you really got to see the most of how it was being built yeah they they kind of the bones of it so i i swear this is a piece of information we had heard before you know at some point that john williams was going to be composing a song for galaxy's edge yeah but i can't remember for sure um but damn if it wasn't cool to see like the orchestra doing their thing recording and and stuff it sounds cool it sounds really cool um and i gotta give props to john williams and disney for not just doing sort of like a best of John Williams Star Wars mixtape for it. You know what I mean? No, it's got its own custom theme. Yeah, because it would have been real That's easy unique. to just like try to paste together like, you know what I'm saying, the greatest hits. Start with a little Star Wars fanfare and then maybe, you know, morph into Binary Sunset into uh, the Imperial March or the... You know, it would any lay of that a stuff. theme and then... Yeah, rap, like... You know, like, yeah. <laughs> it would have been real easy to do that and... The fact that they went with an original composition, that's really fucking cool. And yeah, the sort of fly-through view of of the park in construction looks really cool. I'm just going to go ahead and say it again. If you could get John Williams to be involved with like a Red Dead Redemption-style Star Wars game, you could come out with something really epic, I think. Yeah, and you know... Not to take away, I feel like there has been some some pretty good Star Wars video game music. Um, yeah, but John Williams. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's not John Williams, right? Um, not to take away anything from any of the composers that have worked on it, but like for instance, there's a sort of um, a theme that plays when you're selecting your character in that Old Republic MMO game. Yeah, and that shit would get stuck in my head sometimes. So that's a, you know, that's a pretty good sign of some decent music. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, if if you could get John Williams involved in a Star Wars video game, I think that would be like one of those little missing elements that if that fell into place, you'd be like, "Fuck this! This is the shit." But I, you know, I don't know how willing he would be to do that. And honestly, I think. Um, I think episode nine is probably going to be it for John Williams' involvement in Star Wars. Yeah, I think so too. But damn, can I not wait? Can I not wait to hear that episode nine score? <clears throat> Man. And then, there was this other thing. I, I meant to bring it, I meant to get the article for tonight, but I forgot. My bad. Um, it's okay. Where apparently. Disney has some sort of patent on a special lightsaber that they're going to be probably people. I don't know if it's stated in the, the patent document that it's for the park or if that's just what people are assuming, but it sounds like they're going to have some, (laughs) some neat fucking merchandise available. That is what it sounds like. I know they have that augmented reality visor lightsaber thing. Saw that in Best Buy the other day. 
Star Wars Jedi challenges. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I've I've been wondering about picking that up. It's pretty pricey, and I haven't seen it really go on sale yet. That's kind of what I, I was. It was ninety for. bucks, maybe, if I remember. Oh, maybe it has gone on sale. Then I don't think I don't think it was that cheap to start off with, for sure. I'll have to check that out. I didn't realize that. But yeah, it might have been eighty or ninety dollars at Best Buy when I walked by there. I can't remember. <coughs> That's cool. Um, did you do any Black Friday shopping yesterday? Oh no! Yeah, no, no. no I remember no. you went last year, and I did. We uh, we did some real light Black Friday shopping and went out to Walmart when we got back in town, and it was you know like three or four hours after Walmart opened their Black Friday sales, and it was. I'm not going to try and make it sound better than it was. It was still pretty packed, but it wasn't like this crazy Black Friday shit you see online. Like, people weren't fighting over TVs and no. stuff. It Plus, was... by the time you got there, anything that was good, that was gone. The TVs, no. the way the Walmart does is they line everybody up in different spots, and they all get tickets. And then so many tickets are the items. And they redeem the items at a different part of the You store. would think that all the good shit had been pa- picked over, but I'm here to tell you, buddy, it wasn't. Like in Birmingham, they still had iPhones and TVs yeah. and laptops. Yeah, wow. Uh, in Birmingham, there are so many WalMarts. You know what I'm saying? Like within driving, like within 30 to 45 minutes of my house, I could probably make it to 12 different WalMarts, if not more. Yeah. So it's not like you know, like maybe Starkville or Columbus or somewhere, or even Tupelo, where there's one Walmart. That everybody converges on. Tupelo's got two Walmarts. Oh, see? And the thing that, like, nobody goes to, like, out of all the Walmarts people would go to, I would say, like, the one in Centerpoint and the one by my house is, are the two that are, like, the least attended Black Friday Walmarts. So, yeah, they still had TVs, laptops, the video games had not been picked over because that's what I was there to look at. The Blu-ray, like... Anything, if I had wanted just about anything off of their, like, Black Friday sale flyer, I could have gotten my hands on That's it. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm telling you, like... I guess every time I go, I go to a one-horse town where it's the only Walmart for 30 miles, you know, yeah. 30 miles in any direction. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It is insane. I get to see that crazy people pushing shit, knocking stuff over. And... No, that's... that's I. We we saw more employees like pushing shit over and trashing shit than we saw people. Yeah. And I would say back in like the electronic section where we were, there was probably twenty people, not like swarmed in one area, just sort of milling about looking at stuff. Wow. But yeah, I mean, it's still not my favorite experience going to Walmart or going to Walmart on a Black Friday. But I've seen worse and I've been involved in worse Black Friday ventures, so can't complain too much <clears throat> all right so you want to talk about some star wars resistance yes what do you think about these last two episodes it's kind of uh works in our favor that we're talking about them together because they sort of um they're like a two arc yeah like episode. a two episode arc type deal that's what i meant thank you no problem I really like them. I, I mean, a, a, as far as both episodes go as well, I think uh, there's some moral conflict in there on both sides. And I, I kind of like that. Yeah, so the first episode 
signal for Sector 6. Uh, has Poe Dameron coming and picking up Kaz for like a little joyride in some X-Wings, right? And they come across right. that distress signal from a pirate ship. And um, and shenanigans ensue. I thought Poe's that was like, a- we always help. Like, yep. no matter what, we always help. And so they investigate and they find salacious crumb. A and bunch of Kowakian Ka- monkey lizards. Kowakian yeah. something. I, dude, I like seeing a bunch of those guys show up. I like it when Poe Dameron hates them. Yeah. He's like, I, I, I hate, hate lizard monkeys. Uh, my favorite part is like when he's like, like he's by himself and he goes, I hate monkeys. Oh, I hate those monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to say, like, when Resistance was first announced and they said that Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie would be involved, I did not expect either of them to be involved as much as they are. Right. You know? Like and I really dig that they are. They they've both shown up a decent amount and had, you know, decent little parts to play, so I'm stoked on that. Significant speaking roles in an episode. Can I this will be something I'm I'm sure is gonna be a little goofy. But one of the highlights of that episode, um, was when Poe shows up to pick up Kaz, he's got another X Wing with him for Kaz to fly. Right. And it's like the classic white and red color scheme from the original trilogy and just seeing an X-Wing with that color scheme in the sequel trilogy, like I was stoked on it because, you know, we've gotten um, Poe's black and orange X-Wing, right? And then uh, all the other X-Wings are sort of like white and blue, like the one Poe is piloting in this episode. Right, like the toy. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like sort of the resistance color scheme. Um I don't mean the cartoon, but like the actual resistance. So it's cool to see one of the old school uh, red and white ones. I don't know. Just a little detail I liked. I like to envision that that big, um, that big giant uh, monkey lizard was actually Salacious Crumb. That somehow he survived. And he was on the ship and he, they've been on there for months and he ate enough of the other monkey lizards that he got that big. <laughs> well, uh, see, I like to think that that's really salacious. He survived survived the sail barge blowing up somehow. And he was so pissed that his buddy Jabba got blown up and that he was on his own that he started doing like Kawakian, Kawankian, however, monkey lizard steroids. And he got all huge and fucking swole up. That's that's one of the funnier things I saw on Twitter after that episode is people were calling him Swolacious Crumb. Swolacious Crumb, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. So, that was good. Um, in the episode, they end up, quote-unquote, rescuing this lady named Sonara that's like in a box. And they take her to the Colossus. And sort of the episode ends with the not-so-surprising reveal that she's up to sh- some shenanigans she was and sent they pretty much hook her up they set her up they get her registered which yeah. apparently is a big deal right right you know they basically set her up to thrive got her medical attention yeah come to find out she's a pirate who's got the inside to attack the colossus <coughs> yeah yeah you find out she was working with the pirates and they were trying to hijack or steal that ship full of monkey lizards or whatever it was they were up to. And uh, 
I don't know. I thought it was a solid episode. I liked the X-Wing action that was going on. I liked um I liked CB23. You know they just left They just left those monkey lizards out in space. They didn't <laughs> blow that ship up. They left that whore for someone else to come across. Mm-hmm. Somebody like Lord of the Flies monkey lizards in there. I think there's a really good Star Wars horror story you could tell, kind of like uh, Alien or when the Flood show up in Halo with that oh, ship full of monkey lizards. It's true. That's true. <laughs> or having it like silently crash into a space station or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I hate those monkeys. Oh, I hate them. Um, and so, yeah, the next episode sort of basically picks up the story thread from that one. It was, it did turn out to be sort of a two-parter episode where Kaz and Jaeger and Tam and Niku are tasked with repairing the auto cannons that defend the Colossus. And they need like a specific part, right? To fix the targeting computer. And, and apparently there's a small time jump in between these episodes. Yeah, because he specifically and... says... We're going to see Sonara. She's the lady I rescued a little while back. Right. And, and Sonara has become a scavenger. Right. And they pull up like wreckage from the sea floor and scavenge what they can out of it and, you know, sell it. Sell and stuff. part money. Yeah. And so they're able to get this specific part from her and military she... grade targeting chip. Right. That's exactly what it was. And they're able to, when, when they buy that from her, she's able to like ascertain what they're up to. Like they're trying to fix the target. There's only one thing you would need that chip for. Right. And so basically she just has to wait for the, now this is a part I can't remember. Does she do something to call, to draw no, the, the aces, aces away? are naturally going out to protect a shipment, mm-hmm. an important shipment. And once they do, she calls in that the Colossus is vulnerable. Yeah, and then once the pirates show up, I thought that whole action sequence was really good. It's pretty good. Pretty yeah. chaotic, pretty hectic, very piratey. Mm-hmm. It was good. I dig all the pirates having like the hodgepodge armor together. Like it's a crazy scene where the little, the poor little guy and the miniony guy with the goggles is carrying a trash can around, and people are just slam dunking the trash can from, you know, ten feet away all around him. That character, I, I dig that character. I know that alien race has like a, a a name, obviously, but I can't remember what it is. But he's in almost every episode. Fuzzball of Minion Hoss. Yeah, the name of uh, uh, Fuzzball the... Minionio. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's a Fuzzball Minion Hoss. Nice. Just um, kidding. But yeah, like I was saying, I like the hodgepodge nature of the pirates' gear. Like you saw, like there was the one pirate that had basically just the the front and back portions of the stormtrooper helmet with the top yeah. cut out. Yeah. And there was also one, if you noticed in the marketplace that looked like he was wearing a, a, a shore trooper helmet from rogue one. Yeah, I saw that. And there was one, what's the, is it Transdosian, the boss uh-huh. character? Yeah. There was one of those guys in there. Yeah. Yeah. We saw him in like maybe the second or third episode when the pirates first, I assume it's the same guy. When the pirates first attacked the platform and their ships I guess, and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I just thought it was two <laughs> different ones. It might be probably the same guy. Um, but yeah, in, in the scene where like uh, Jaeger's flying that sort of hovercraft looking ship. 
and yeah. fighting the guy off. I thought that was all really good, man. Like pretty solid action for this this episode. Absolutely. Um, and Kaz really came through getting that thing in place. I feel like so that the turrets could come back online. Both of these episodes were really good for Kaz coming through. I thought so too. I really did. Which is nice to see. He showed he had a heart of gold. Yeah. Even to the point where he was taken advantage of and still, you know, still managed to do the right thing and save the day. Impressive. But yeah, they managed to get the targeting computer up and um, fend off the pirates, but not before. Like, they do a ton of damage and apparently steal a lot of, like, food and supplies. So, you know, it's not like the pirates don't get away with what they're after. Um I have a feeling that Sonara is going to be uh, like a new sort of major player in the show. Another member of the crew. She'll eventually yeah. be the rogue member of the crew. I think so, too. I think she's going to turn around. She's going to and... turn on those pirates. You yeah. can already see it. She's like, oh, you would do that for me? Yeah. I've never had a friend in my life. Um, and another reason I think red. that is... The um, you know they've released some pictures of the resistance figures that are coming out next spring, which I'm waiting to go on. As soon as that goes on pre-order on any of these websites, I'm totally buying the first wave. I'm in for resistance merchandise. Right. Uh, I want to support it, so hopefully, like it's well supported and they do the ships and stuff. I really want some of those ships. I think they're really cool. But uh, Sonara is one of the figures that they've shown. And I don't know that they would necessarily do a figure, at least this early on, for a character that's only in two episodes. I agree. She is a very cool design. So, oh, yeah. It's going to make a great cosplay, too. It is. I didn't think about that. <clears throat> but yeah, man, I'm, I'm digging Resistance. I don't know. You know, obviously, we're still early in. We're still early in the season. We're not even halfway through the first season. Um and I don't know if it's just I went in with the, the right expectations for this show or, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm digging it. I'm digging it quite a lot. I'm looking I'm forward digging to... it, too. It's it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, an important piece of information about Resistance that we've talked about um, a few times is, like, where's it going to go? Like, if, if it's set six months before The Force Awakens... There's only so much story to fill in in six months. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was first brought to my attention, I believe it was Ben Hart with the Star Wars Underworld posted about it. But in one of their sort of YouTube wrap-up videos, the creative team mentions that Resistance does eventually run parallel with the sequel trilogy. So that's pretty okay. cool. So okay. we're going to catch up to like... You know, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi time period. Right on. Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's cool, too. <clears throat> oh. You'll get to see what Kaz is up to during those times. Yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling that he's probably going to be part of the the group that's sent off by Princess Leia after, or General Leia, after... Um, the events of the force awakens because that's why like snap and jess pava aren't there is because she sends them out on like a mission or something before the first order shows up um to dakar at the beginning of the force or the last jedi i have a feeling he's going to get sent off as well 
It'd be cool. Sounds like it. If in some way he participates in the assault against our killer base, though, that would be cool. It would be. I just thought about this. If that's the case, I think we're going to. Oh, shit. I didn't think about this. So if it's going to catch up with the timeline of The Force Awakens, then they're going to have to address the Hosnian system getting blown up by Starkiller Base, right? Yeah. And yeah. Kaz's dad is a senator. Is his dad uh, or his family on going to be on Hosnian Prime when it gets blown up? That's going to be heavy. Dude, I didn't even think about that shit. Dude, that could be that could be brutal. <clears throat> All right. So what okay. Oh yeah, you brought something to my attention that's kind of neat. Um apparently this company called Fantasy Strollers are going to be offering Star Wars inspired strollers to Disney World and Disneyland guests. And it's got like a a picture of it and it's like a a tiny little Millennium Falcon cockpit that's a stroller. Yeah, it's really neat looking. Dude. I know I some, put my kid in one of those in a second. I was about to say, I know some people with some kids that would be stoked to rent these. Like, I wonder if my fat ass could sit in one. Gotta use a wheelchair anyway. Poor Jesse. Sure we could squeeze you in there. Trying to push me around in this Millennium Falcon cockpit, and I'm just clapping, Yay! I'm in the cockpit. She's like, yeah, you're in a cockpit. Shut she up. should pay someone to push you around in that thing while she has drinks. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a neat little concept. I mean, dude, why if not? If I was a kid, I would love that. Oh, dude. I remember being really young. <sighs> Shit. Maybe like four or five. And going to, I think, SeaWorld. And they had it had to be SeaWorld because they had strollers that looked like Shamu and dolphins and stuff. And being like, oh, we, we got to rent one of those. I want to ride in that Shamu all day. And my parents being like, no, we're not getting the Shamu stroller. Fuck that. Um, Poor kid. Nah. Oh, well. I missed out on riding around no in the Shamu. No Shamu stroller. Oh, my God. Oh, I had it so tough. <clears throat> all right. Uh, the last thing we wanted to cover this week is some comments from Oscar Isaac, who we were talking about just a little bit ago, not Oscar Meyer, uh, about Carrie Fisher's appearance in episode nine. Um, he was apparently in an interview with the Daily Beast. He said this, um, the, you know, they say that the still untitled ninth film will pay appropriate homage to Leia and to Fisher's sense of fun. The story deals with that quite a bit, Isaac explains. It's a strange thing to be on the set and to be speaking of Leia and having Carrie not being around. There's definitely some pain in that. There's a looseness and an energy to the way that we're shooting this that feels very different. It's been really fun being back with JJ with all of us working in a really close way. I just feel like there's an element of almost senioritis, you know, since everything everything just feels way looser and people aren't taking it quite as seriously, but still having a lot of fun. I think that energy is going to translate to a really great movie. Um, he says that episode nine deals with the amazing character that Carrie created in a really 
beautiful way. So, I mean, I never doubted for a minute. No, man. I, you know, I, that's, it is the biggest sort of elephant in the room with episode nine. And one of the biggest questions, you know, in Star Wars fandom is how they're going to handle this. And I just have a lot of faith in, in JJ and the creatives behind this that they've, they found a way to do that the right way, you know? Yeah. So it's just nice to hear, you know, one of the actors on set uh, saying that they've they've got it figured out and it's headed in the right direction. <clears throat> yeah, I uh I mean what are we're about like thirteen months, little less than thirteen months from episode nine, the end of the sequel trilogy. All our questions will finally be answered. No, they won't. Most of your questions will be answered. Yeah, I know. Figure they got to leave a little room open for episode 10. Don't let me down. There's got to be an episode 10 someday. God. Oh, man. <clears throat> All righty. Um, you want to do some emails and some voicemails? We don't have a lot today, but we got a couple. Indeed I do. All righty. Let me get this fired up. We got here a little musical interlude. It gives me some time to get my shit together and rock out with our buddy Steve D. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his bud. Kitty, cockhead, to stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty, cockhead, what you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All right, first up, you know we got that voicemail from the king. The king of all times, Nostra Thomas, he of the Landro, Lando Quatrain. Thomas. Coming at you. WNBC. Hey, Haws and Will, it's King Tom. Currently making some glazed carrots for my family's Thanksgiving gathering. Hope you guys are having a good Thanksgiving yourselves. But it's got me thinking of a question for this week. If you guys were to throw a big party or festive holiday shindig type thing... And you could invite, you know, two people from the Star Wars galaxy. Who would you guys invite? And I've been thinking about this, and, like, I think about, you know, hey, it would be cool to, you know, invite Lando, but no, he'd, you know, swindle me out of everything. Or, you know, oh, it would be fun to, you know, talk to Count Dooku, but he would make fun of me for how not high class I am. And I've been thinking about this, and, and the, the people, that are the, the individuals that I'm settling on, I think it would be cool to, to have Hondo, because yeah, he would try and steal your silverware, but, but you'd be entertained. 
while he does it. And he, I'm sure he would have some great stories. Uh, the other person I would invite is Chewbacca. Because I'd have to, because word would get out that I'm having a party and, and didn't invite him. And we all remember what Rio said about disinviting a Wookiee to anything. So those would be my answers. What, what do you, who would you guys like to hang out with for, a, you know, Thanksgiving or otherwise holiday type thing? Anyway, thanks for a great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Ooh, that's a good question. Well, what's your answer? To Lando Calrissian. Lando Calrissian is definitely one of yours, huh? That's a holiday, man. He knows how to celebrate a holiday. There's probably feast and gambling and mm. Mm, all See, kind no, of stuff. This is the thing. You're inviting him to your house for Thanksgiving. Well, then that's what I'll do for him. <laughs> all right. Okay. I'm going to throw a wrinkle in here. All right. Next up, who's your other choice? you got to invite two. Uh, Chewbacca all the way. I'll have I'll have I'll bake twenty turkeys, <laughs> so he can have like a few to himself. Yeah, be like, yeah, man, you can actually eat these, my dude. Give no. him a jug of mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh man, I, Chewy having Chewy at dinner would be fun. Uh, you would have to skip board games afterwards because, like, you know, if you don't let him win, he's gonna rip your your arms out of their your, sockets. Your arms out of their sockets, yeah. Um. Okay, I'm going to toss you a question. Those two guys are coming for for Thanksgiving dinner. What's on the menu? What does Chef Will put on the menu knowing? For Lando Calrissian and, and Chewbacca the Wookiee? Yeah. Oh, man, I'll, I'll roast a whole bantha whole for Chewbacca. And then for Lando, it's going to have to be it's custom cocktails and then, I don't know, like space sushi. <laughs> space space sushi make a you can make a hell of a, a lot of rolls out of that giant yeah. fish that luke catches on uh yeah on octu spicy spicy space tuna roll <laughs> see i'm okay so i'm having a, a tr i'm trouble having trouble thinking because like yoda might be one of my choices but i feel like yoda would be like that super religious member of your family that just talks down to you after a little while, telling you what all you're doing wrong in your life. Like after no the, way after like Yoda is your super happy grandma that doesn't really care and is just happy to be around everybody. Maybe, maybe you're right. You could be right. I get, I just feel like Yoda might get a little preachy over after dinner. Oh, I don't like know. for the first couple of hours, you're like, "Fuck, he's dropping some wisdom," and then like hour three rolls around and you're trying to watch the fucking egg bowl go dogs by the way and go dogs by the way by the way um and and then you're like all right yoda we get it fear is leads to hate anger leads to suffering i got it man i'm i'm on your side man light side all the way no he would just fill that belly up and then go meditate might you know, take, a, that's all. take one of those comfy return of the jedi naps hopefully yeah, it like, doesn't end the little, same way yeah Little post Yoda feast coma. Oh, uh, Yoda with like a little fucking uh, uh, f f food baby, or like belly. a little saliva, like a little drool <laughs> coming out of the side of his mouth. Oh, okay, you might be winning me over, Luke. I see. I think Luke would have to be one of them. See, now I'm just thinking about my favorite characters because I'm also like, Luke. Just seems like he wouldn't eat any carbs. Luke would only eat turkey, but he'd love it. He'd be like, "This is really good turkey." <laughs> this is some really good turkey and turkey and ham you guys do it up right 
I'd do Le- Leia would eat everything and dessert. Oh man, Leia would be good too. See, I'm I'm starting to think like I'm also trying to like when I think of this, I'm thinking of the actual person. Out of everybody in Star Wars, the dinner guest you want to have that is going to be a blast, yeah. a ball, Carrie Fisher. It's Carrie Fisher, without Hands a doubt. Down. Yeah. Um. Oh man. Uh. Luke, it's because like Ray. Ray would be good to have as a holiday guest. Like yeah. the character Ray, I feel oh, like Finn. Finn would oh, be good. Fuck yeah! I feel like Ray as a holiday guest would just be like these people. I'm not talking Daisy Ridley. I'm talking the actual character Ray would be like these people eat all of this food at once. This is more food than I've ever seen in one setting ever. Yeah, right. I'm fucking. Rehired. This is twenty portions. <laughs> this is way more than twenty portions. <laughs> um. Yeah, Ray would be. I uh, see. Like, uh, I'm sure Tom was probably gonna be, was probably like, "Oh, Halls is gonna say Boba Fett." Nah, man. I feel like Boba Fett would be too much. And I love Boba you can't Fett. Invite Boba Fett to dinner? Nah, man. Boba yeah. Fett prefers protein shakes. Yeah, have you ever seen getting the fuck out of there? We saw what a dinner with Boba Fett was like in Empire Strikes Back, and the shit ain't fun. Yeah, right. There's blaster fire and a Dark Lord of the Sith. No, he's, thank you. He's he's just gonna sit there and just stand there and not sit at the table. Probably not eat. Probably say like three lines, and then on his way out the door, he's gonna fall into that fucking pothole in your driveway, and you won't know whether he's dead or alive. You're gonna be afraid to eat what's on the table. Afraid he poisoned it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, get to a couple of emails. Uh, the first one up we have is our buddy Jim. He actually sent in two last week, and we didn't get to the second one because we had so many emails last week. I never mind if people send in a couple of emails. Just know if we got a busy email schedule, we might have to save one. Okay. So I'm up to episode 154 of the best damn-ass podcast I've ever come across. I will soon catch up, and then I'll fall back to episode 1 and catch up in between new episodes. So this episode brought up Star Wars Tales, which I've never read, but the artwork sounded cool, so I looked up some images. The one I thought was really cool and had never thought about was ha- about happening was Darth Maul beating up on Darth Vader. Now, although I think Vader would squash Maul, I love the idea. A lot of people not be may not be crazy about Solo, a Star Wars story, but I don't think a single true Star Wars fan is disappointed with it. I compare it to Captain America, the first Avenger, or the first Iron Man. A whole lot of background information, and then the next Solo movie will be all action. Then you release the Boba Fett movie, and there could be some crossover between Solo and Boba. And then you have a whole bunch of other individual movies based on single characters. And then eventually they all come together in Infinity War. And I say go up against Maul and Vader. And maybe Maul and Vader have a little power struggle. Anyways, if this is what's happening, who do you think all the individual movies should be about? And how do you think everybody should come together in an Infinity Star War, Star Z Wars? Two emails in one week. I'm sorry, but I'm brimming with Star Wars chat, and now I finally have someone to spitball with. I love you dudes. Halls, your voice is as soft as a pair of footy pajamas with the ass flap. And Will, Stand By Me is one of the best movies of all time. I love the fine people who have never seen it so that I can be the one that shows it to them. Keep it up, you badasses. Your peer keeper of real. So, unfortunately... I have a feeling that they might have been headed in a direction where 
some of the character-based spinoff movies sort of played off one another. I don't know if like a big Infinity War crossover would have been in the cards, right? But I feel like they were headed in that way with the Boba movie and, you know, this Moss Eisley-centric movie that Jason reported on that apparently was going to feature Han and Chewbacca, like the Alden Ehrenreich version of Han. So, okay. You know, and then after Solo didn't perform so well, I think, you know, th- those ideas went out the window. You know, we've heard word from Kathleen Kennedy herself that there's nothing going on with the Boba Fett movie. Right. <laughs> but I think if you wanted to do like a really solid sort of the quote unquote scum and villainy trilogy of spinoff movies, you could have done a Han movie, a Lando movie, and a Boba Fett movie that could have all played off of each other. You know, you could have, yeah. Bring Donald Glover back as Lando, have Alden's Han and Chewie show up and make an appearance or play into the story somehow. Same thing with uh, the Boba Fett movie. I think that would have been a really strong set of three movies. It would have been cool. But, you know, at least for right now, it appears not to be the case. <clears throat> I don't know if this was in Star Wars Tales or not, but there's a story, I think it's in Star Wars Tales, where Darth Maul shows up to fight Obi-Wan on Tatooine. And Darth Maul's got crazy robot spider legs. And clearly that <laughs> influenced both Clone Wars and Rebels. That's right. That's the problem I have with, not necessarily a problem, because it's not that big of a deal, but having Maul show up at the end of Solo, like, it's a shame that they had already killed off Maul for what we assume is the last time in right. Rebels, you know? So, like, you know they're not really going to go anywhere of any great significance with Maul after that point and and um solo like he gets stranded on Malachor at some point and then like the heroes from rebels come across him but i will say this i still feel like it's a kind of a missed opportunity in that uh Season two finale of Rebels when they're all on Malachor and it's like Maul and Ezra and all the Rebels gang and the Inquisitors and Vader and Ahsoka. Like, yeah, you couldn't have had found a way for Maul and Vader to have a quick duel. Like, I know that shit's fan servicey, and I know in all reality, Vader wins that fight because he has to storyline wise, but damn, it would have been cool to see them have to face off with each other for a second, you know? Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some people that would be like, well, they showed a lot of restraint not giving us the, the you know, ultimate fan service thing, but I don't know, man. I still think that could have been pretty cool. Could have been awesome. <clears throat> what would you... What, what What would you do if you were in charge of doing a, a set of individual character-based Star Wars movies that combine into a big sort of Avengers-style event? It would be... I, I still am a... The heist. It would be a heist or some some mission-y kind of thing, if not a heist. Right. 
where you would introduce the individual characters and then they would all come together to pull the one job mm-hmm. where all of their skills were needed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean instead of and instead of superpowers like you have areas of expertise. You know, so you have the slicer, right? right. The pilot, you have the fighter, you know, you have the monk, you, you have, know. you know, whatever. See, the thing is is I feel like we've gotten that with both of the Star Wars spin-off movies, like from different angles obviously, but Rogue One is sort of a heist movie, but like a, you know, a covert military heist movie where you have the pilot you have the monk you have the fighter you have you know the technical guy you have the it's a suicide mission like it's it not is. a successful heist well i mean, I mean it's successful like, the mission is successful but they don't get away to bask in their glory you know yeah i mean that's true and there's also but solo that's a heist movie there's a couple that of heists in that movie but that is i know. mean if you if you want I don't know what else, I don't know what else you do with just good care like a bunch I don't know what to do with a bunch of Jedi that's not fighting Sith. Right. Well, I don't see, know how to write that. That's the thing. You know? Like, it, I, I know how know. to write smugglers. You know, you know. I don't know what you do with a bunch of smuggler or quote unquote scum and villainy characters besides a heist movie. You know. Yeah. I I don't know what direction you go besides that. So it is an interesting question. We got one more email uh, this evening, and then we'll let you guys go, and then I'm going to go suffer with a belly still full of fucking Thanksgiving food. It's from our buddy Steve. Hey, guys. With Mandalore featuring so heavy in the new canon, making multiple appearances in Clone Wars and Rebels, plus the new Clone Wars season supposedly featuring the Siege of Mandalore and the new Mandalorian show, I was trying to think of what importance it may have to the galaxy at large. The Mandalorian is supposed to take seven place seven years after Return of the Jedi and about four years before Rey is born. How nuts would Halls go if our, our lone gunfighter meets a nice young lady and wants to leave his outlaw ways behind? He settles down on a black backwater world to start a family and become a junk trader where no one will know who he is. A few years after the birth of his baby daughter, he is sold out to his rivals who kill his wife and kidnapping, li- kidnap him, leaving his young daughter to fend for herself on Jakku, making Rey a Mandalorian. She sh- could then get all set up with a set of Mandalorian armor and become the wielder of the Darksaber. I know this is highly improbable, but once I had the thought, I couldn't not share it with you guys, Steve. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. It is fun. <laughs> well, so the thing is, it's, from what I understand, I think there was some confusion when they were talking about it, when that whole seven years later thing came up. I think it's actually seven years after the Battle of Yavin, not the Battle of Endor. Like, I think either John John Favreau misspoke or it was misreported and they had to clarify it, but I think it's actually seven years after... Um, Indoor, not Yavin. So that puts it about four years after Indoor, I think. Three or yeah. four. <clears throat> so, you know, not that that's a huge deal and would necessarily even throw that big of a monkey wrench into his idea. Um, I'm convinced at some point, maybe not even, even in episode nine, we will learn more about Ray's parents. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it's still going to be that they were quote unquote nobodies, you know? Um, but look, Ray is my favorite character from 
the new sequel trilogy. Mandalorians are my favorite Star Wars things. Uh, so combining those two, like, yeah, I like that idea. I don't think it'll happen. It's definitely like the ultimate and hardcore fan service for like Mandalorian. That's a happy and, day for you. Yeah, for Mandalorian and Jedi fans especially. It it reminds me of um all the artwork, like the fan artwork you see online of Boba Fett using a lightsaber. That's literally taking two of my most favorite things of Star Wars and sm- and smushing them together. Smoosh. <coughs> a smoosh a, a smoosh a lightsaber. Smoosh. Like I'm, I, I just said that, and I looked over at my display case, and I'm like, you know, I got a Hot Toys Boba Fett, and I got a lot of figures that have lightsabers. I think it might be time for a little silly posing session. Hell yeah, make an action sequence. Hell yeah, have uh, have Empire Strikes Boba Fett, Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett fight holiday special Boba Fett. Oh man. <coughs> um. Yeah, like he said, I think it's probably highly improbable. You know, I I don't know. I just don't get the feeling that they were being dishonest with their explanation of what's going on with Ray and her parents. And I know people disagree with that, and that's fine. That's just my gut feeling. Like, I feel like it's a Vader, I am your father moment where, you know, Vader's telling the truth. And I'm sure there was a lot of debate in between Empire and Jedi and whether he was lying or telling the truth, you know. I mean, uh, between the fans even. No, that's what I mean, for sure, yeah. between the fans. And I know, like, I think it's an Empire of Dreams uh, when they're talking to James Earl Jones about that part. He straight up says that he thought Vader was lying when he first read the script. He's like, oh, he's lying. That's not true. <laughs> so the guy that provided the voice of Vader himself didn't believe it for a while, so... You know, I just feel like it's a, a very similar situation where they're not going to to change that up in the next movie. But you know what? Uh, just like I say to people that feel like um, feel like they are, that they're going to sort of retcon that or change it up and say she is related to somebody important. Like I always say, like, if that's what you're counting on, like if you're holding dear to that and that's the only way you can enjoy episode nine. You should reevaluate that. Like you shouldn't put Absolutely. all your hopes in that basket. No. I'm, I'm going to do the same thing. Like I'm not going to stay steadfast and, and only enjoy episode nine. If they don't reinforce the idea of her being a nobody quote unquote. Right. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. Right. Honestly, I'm not looking for any specific parts. So um, I think that'll do it for us this week, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. We did a quick thanks one. For, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, guys, one more time. Star Wars, or Star Wars, Blue Harvest 2018 holiday special available now. All the proceeds go to the Kessel Toy Run. Blueharvestpodcast.bandcamp.com It's only four bucks. Over four hours of holiday Star Wars podcasting amazing guests wonderful music from our buddy eric struthers eric struthers some amazing artwork by our buddy evan like just jump on it help us out uh 
if you like the band. Oh, man. I'm struggling here towards the end. I just got to get across the fucking finish line. Uh, if you like the our theme song, that's what I was going to say. If you like our theme song, then ble- please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. And until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us. <laughs>